Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of Considering the World Cup with myself, Dash Tischler, alongside me, Holden Williamson and Bjorn schaefer Reshirt. And today we'll be talking with you about the first round of World Cup matches of the group stage, as well as some of the early second round of matches. We hope to have another podcast out for you after the second round is completed, but we couldn't complete it right after the first one due to Thanksgiving as we were celebrating with our families. And so we just hope that you will bear with us for the fact that we'll be talking a little bit about the second round as well. We have a lot of great content planned for you. And of course, as usual, if you want more of our great content, you can follow us on Instagram, where you can follow our account at Considering the World Cup Insta. That is all just one word, just Considering the World Cup Insta, all lowercase. And then on Twitter at Considering WC, capital C, and the Considering with capital W and C and WC. And we hope that you will certainly give us a follow on those platforms. And of course, recommend us to your friends, your family, whoever you like to talk soccer with, because we hope that you will enjoy our content. But anyways, getting into our discussion for today, obviously the World Cup is only slightly into the second match day, yet we already have one team eliminated, and that is the host station, Qatar. And guys, what's your take on this Qatar team after two match days? Yeah, I think that... um... You know they were they were always going to be a team that struggled because obviously they didn't have everyone knew they didn't have the quality going into this tournament, but they they they've shown I guess some sign of life in 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 the second game showing that they can in fact score which yeah I, I guess is big but. Um, that I was I was really disappointed with their defensive efforts because normally I, I've seen them play before. I they didn't normally concede a lot of goals. They would, uh, although in fairness, they did try something new out with um, Alshabe. I think his name was uh, in goal for the first match, and that did not end up going well. So. Um, they switch back to their original keeper, and I mean it worked. I, I don't. I don't want to say it worked better this time because they conceded more goals, but I think the goals were probably better goals to concede um, uh, compared to before. But yeah, they 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 were never going to get out of this group realistically. So I think they can be happy with the fact that they scored a goal in a World Cup, and uh, you know they can build their program from here mentioned their defense but i thought that like going in i thought that they had enough players on offense to at least score a couple more goals and provide more of a threat i was really disappointed by their attacking performance in that first game i thought that they could have offered more i thought that defensively they were okay i mean the first goal was not a good goal to concede but they weren't embarrassed defensively but i really did think that their offense lacked thrust and was really disappointing especially a thief in ohio who just did not appear to pose the threat that i'd expected they would so I feel like this this World Cup is almost a disappointment for Qatar. And would you guys agree with that or not really? Uh, I mean, I think you can also take into consideration, I mean, after seeing the second game, I think also we maybe should point out that Ecuador, I think, is a completely different team than Senegal, which I personally think is still actually way better. As you saw, also the Netherlands really had not really any clear-cut chances except for the goal against this Ecuador side. So, And then and today you saw, I think in the second half, Qatar really had a good moments where they actually had pretty good chances. Um, of course, I mean, I'm not saying that like it's just because Ecuador is brilliant, but you know, I think it kind of has due to the opponent, but yeah, of course, we still know that Qatar is like pretty limited. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I don't think yeah, we really are... expect them to score three goals and like beat Ecuador or something, but yeah, maybe of course a bit more. And I think the fans also expected more because I think I read something where they were like, they had six month training compared to other teams. Like they really trained long for this and but probably just a big disappointment for many people who expected more. Certainly. I will say though, the training camp that they had beforehand, I wonder if it negatively affected them. Because in the first game, there were several moments when they had players in positions where they could have tried to do something. They just looked like they didn't, they weren't quite prepared for the game pace. Like there'd be moments where they should have driven at defenders, but they were just totally unwilling to drive at defenders. They'd hold on to the ball and then invite pressure from the Ecuadorians and then easily get dispossessed. So it did look like they lost some of that match sharpness and some of that awareness of how to drive with urgency in the match because they looked totally unconfident in their abilities in that opening game. Admittedly, I haven't watched the second game. I actually had work today, um, so I was unable to watch it. But as you as you point out, it sounds like they did do better in the second game. And so I do think that there is hope to take there. But I will say, I think that the training camp maybe did not help them because they did not look prepared for the rhythm of the match and for the for the opportunities they had to take in the pace at which they had to play in that opening one. But also, of course, you mentioned Ecuador and they just drew no no with the Netherlands. What are you guys' takes on, on that team at this point? One, 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 one. Sorry, one, one. one. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively, they're a fantastic team. I, I, I really, um, you know, I, I, I've been pretty critical um, on my social medias of, you know, the, the midfield of the Netherlands. And that was mostly because I feel like, yeah, obviously more could have been done, but Ecuador did a fantastic job. They, they dominated the midfield completely. Um, they, they had much better chances than the Netherlands. And, um, you know, defensively, uh, they, they, they were very, very strong. They would dispossess the Netherlands quickly. You know, I, I, I hadn't seen more than maybe uh, five passes strung together by the Netherlands without being dispossessed. So I think it was, uh, you, you could either say that was a fantastic attacking performance by, uh, or not attacking, fantastic defensive performance by uh, Ecuador, or just a really bad attacking performance by the Netherlands. Either way, I feel would be true. But then you also look at that first game against uh, against Qatar. Qatar had almost no threat, uh, right? Only one real chance uh, by Almo Azali, and he missed it, right? So, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a fantastic team. And, and also looking at their stats, um, they they drew almost every game, but that's because they weren't conceding any goals, right? And Ener Valencia going into this tournament has been absolutely fantastic, right? Three uh, so far top goal scorer I think in the tournament. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, um, if, if I'm an Ecuadorian fan, uh, I'm absolutely buzzing after these two match yeah. days, and. You know, they they definitely, I think now it's 50-50 between them and the Netherlands to finish top of the group, Um, unless they can, well, actually, I'd say 25-50 and then 25 for Senegal. But, um, but yeah, I I think that they're a fantastic side. And, yeah, they can can go far if, uh, if they keep this level of organization. I do think that at this point, though, Senegal is in danger given that their performances because Ecuador picking up that point against the Netherlands now looks massive because they will have the advantage going into that Senegal game. And as we've talked about, they are very good defensively. 
And what are you guys' take on that battle for second place between Ecuador and, Sen and Senegal? Or first place, potentially, if the Netherlands should falter? I mean, I certainly think that Ecuador are the favorite now. Like, even in the offense, not just defense, they also proved they had chances. Um, I think that I'm actually not sure if Ender Valencia will be fit because he went out injured. Um, but I think he should still be okay. But even then, uh, they also have other players like Pervis Estupinan, who I find really class. Um, and I think they are the favorite, but of course, you never know. I mean, it depends all on that game. Senegal still show they can score goals as they did today, but I think they're just a bit vulnerable. They have a good defense. I mean, they have some good players, and they're like Diallo and Koulibaly, but, you know, I think Ecuador certainly should take the favorite. And, and let's be realistic here. I don't think Netherlands will lose to Qatar, so I still think the first place for them is in a safe spot shouldn't be in danger. I agree with you. I think that the Dutch were to lose to Qatar would be a massive disappointment. And at this point, what are what are your takes on the Netherlands? Obviously, this side has not been that great so far and perhaps even slightly disappointing. Do you think they should be super concerned yet or not really? Well, I mean, I think that in terms of actual output, Valhal is still sort of figuring out maybe what, what pieces he wants to use in the knockout stages. But I think that, yeah, listen, uh, I'm okay with um, narrow wins, right? But when you have one shot on goal in a, in a match against uh, Ecuador, as the Netherlands, no offense to Ecuador, but as the Netherlands, you expect quite a bit more. And quite a bit more than, the, what was it, 0.07 expected goals or yeah. something like that? It was, it was um, really not a great performance. Um, but... I mean, listen, if you have consistently meh performances, but you still win uh, and you still, you know, don't lose, I guess you're not losing. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I think that it is a bit of a concern, um, definitely. But I think that with the pieces that they have within that squad, they can, they can definitely still go a pretty decent way. Interesting. So at this point in time, who do you think will be the two teams out of that group? Netherlands, Ecuador. I agree with you guys. I do think it'll be Netherlands, Ecuador. Um, I'm sorry for Senegal. I do think they still have a chance, but I think it'll be Netherlands in first, Ecuador in second. Yeah, same. And uh, that would be unfortunate for me, uh, if we look at Group B, which, uh, yeah, that that's uh, second place if that has to play against uh, first place of Group A, and that's going to be a bit of a conflict for me if the U.S. end up making it through. And speaking of that, that's a great segue into Group B, where it's the U.S., England, um, Iran, and Wales. So... You know, first match uh, of that group was Iran ver uh, Iran versus England. What were what were your thoughts on that game uh, and and that absolute utter domination from that English side? I was really surprised by it. I thought that England would beat Iran, but I didn't think it would be like that. Um, I mean, six to two was a shock. Iran, I didn't expect them to concede six goals. Them, them scoring two was conceivable, but them conceding six was not. And I thought, but the thing that I thought was that was an amazing performance by England because it wasn't even that Iran were shambolic. Like they didn't defend catastrophically bad. It was just that England were so clinical after they got that first goal. 
I think that like when you look at the goals they scored too, I mean, Saka's first goal was world-class. The Sterling finish, I mean, if you see Holland score that, he gets tons of praise in the Premier League from the pundits every week. So like, I wonder why Sterling isn't getting more attention for that finish because I thought it was outstanding. And I think that like what we saw was just an England team who are out, who were just playing out of this world level attacking soccer where they could just really almost seem to score at will at times. And I think that that was really impressive for them. So for me, that was an amazing performance by England and a surprising and a bit disheartening one by Iran, but it wasn't entirely catastrophic because they had not played so poorly as much as they'd just been outplayed by an outstanding England side. And as we saw against Wales, they came back and they were the better side and they deserved to win in that game. But that's my personal opinion on that first match. Yeah, and so um, obviously holding six goals, you never want that to happen. But uh, Iran followed that up by a pretty decent uh, performance against uh, uh, sorry against uh, Wales today. What uh, what what were your thoughts on that performance? I mean, I thought it was excellent. I think they really had a lot of chances, possessed the ball while really good encounter when they uh, when the Welsh lost the ball. I mean, I think they hit the post twice, had a lot of great misses. Uh, Hennessy was great for Wales until they red a card, uh, which ultimately was their downfall. Um, and I think that also deserved downfall because Iran really fought for the win and showed they're actually, I think, the better side. I mean, Wales, I, they had a few good moments, but I, I think, as I said before, they're, I, they're a poor team to me mostly. I think also players like Gareth Bale, you see they can't really dominate the game like they used to. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's gonna be tough for them. I don't think they'll make it, and I think you run out with a good shot. I mean, USA, given based on today's performance, should be the favorite against uh Iran, but you never know. I think Iran should definitely go into this game thinking they have a chance to make it, yeah. And uh, for Iran, you know, defensively today was a decent performance. Um, and obviously, historically, they're a very defensively compact side. Do you think that? Um, that if they concede an early goal, that they're gonna be able to like change that sort of mentality from like, um, okay, we're we're defending for our lives here because ultimately all we need is a draw to get through uh, against the U.S. Right? Do you think that they'll be able to if they can, uh, or if they do concede an early goal, switch into okay, now we need to attack, or do you think that? that might be a bit of a struggle for them. I think they can 100% do it. I mean, there were times there where they totally took the game to Wales. I think they defend, not because that's the only thing they can do, but because that's how Queros likes to have his sides play. Like, when you look at the players they have, they have tons of attacking quality. I mean, Taremi and Osmond are quality players. Even today, like, their goals weren't even scored by those guys. They were scored by Ruzbet Cheshmi and then Raman Razayan. And I think that that's, that's a good sign for them as a team, that they've got def- even defenders who can pop up and contribute with those goals. Golizade was dangerous today. I mean, there is a lot to like about this team with their attacking players. As Atalahi forced a nice save at one point, he admittedly had to come out. I don't know what his fitness is like, but like he's a he's a player with good quality skill on Sarifard's another attacking veteran. You look at their squad, and I would not worry about their ability to attack. I would worry more about the U.S.'s confidence coming off of that England match and their performance in that if I'm an Iran fan. And even then, like I think the USA-Iran game is going to be a great game because these are two teams who will totally feel like they can advance. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the USA, 
Uh, first game against England, or not England, Wales was 1-1. You know, uh, in my opinion, complete domination by the U.S. for most of the game until a dumb mistake was made late on. Uh, what what were what were your thoughts on that game in general, right? Uh, because obviously, um, that's going to have quite a bit of an impact uh, in the end. I mean, I thought that the U.S. were but they played better than I expected them to, but got a weaker result than I expected them to, which was kind of a funny dichotomy there. Um, I thought there was a lot to like, though. That was a team that looked good. I will say I kind of wonder, after watching the first couple of games, I feel like I'm I'm still questioning Burhalter's choices. Zimmerman maybe could have gotten benched after that first game. Brendan Aronson, I think, deserves a starting role. Although I get why you would keep way in the lineup, and I can see why he wouldn't want to switch to a false nine. But I thought that the U.S. was good in that opening game, from what I saw. I, w- I wasn't able to watch all of it, but from what I saw, which was the full second half and a chunk of the first half, too, I thought they looked quite good. I thought they were the better side, and I think that they just needed to have that mentality to close the game out, I think. And they didn't quite have it. And of course, they had the mistake. But when you look ahead to the England game and the way that they were just able to really hang with England and arguably even outplay them, that was really impressive to me. That was something I didn't expect to see from the U.S. squad, especially after England were so outstanding against Iran. I was really impressed by the U.S. because I thought they were headed for a potential blowout. And instead, they showed up and played really, really well. So that's that's my take on this U.S. squad right now is that they've got a lot of potential. Now we just need to see them win a game. And Iran are not an easy team to win against. But if they can play like they did against England, against Iran, they can certainly go and get that win. Absolutely. And Bjorn, what are your thoughts on this U.S. team just in general? Matt, like I think like that, uh, said against the Wales, I mean, they were basically dominant or basically controlling the game very smartly through the midfield for the whole game until the penalty. Um, but I still think you see that kind of lack of I want to say veteran leadership, but, you know, many of their players are young and experienced. You know, they do the kind of try time wait team or try to get the win. I mean, I think today they held out well. I think at the end you could tell they were more happy with the draw than England was. So that at least shows they had the mentality to hold it on against a really good side. So, I mean, I think they should look to the Iran game and saying, oh, go for it. We can get the three points. And what they showed today, I mean, they had some good chances. Can certainly do that against Iran if they're doing that against England. Um so I think it's pretty optimistic, uh, but you know I think it's basically a do or die game. Whoever basically wins that is through, and if it's a tie, well, it benefits Iran. So kind of a must win for us, I would say. Absolutely, and uh, you know with the midfield trio today, how good were they? I mean, gee, Musa, yeah. um, uh, McKenny, and Adams, especially. Um, Adams, I felt, was very, very good in terms of just winning the ball back and stopping most of the England attacks. Um, yeah. So that 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 trio could be something to look out for for Iran in this next match. And I'm sure that they're going to be, or I'm sure that they were watching that U.S. game thinking, well, if the U.S. play like this against us, you know defensively if the u.s play like this against us that could be an issue attack wise again i i think that you know maybe the u.s could have been a bit better um obviously i don't want to be too picky as a u.s fan but um i think that 
there is a bit of a lack of clinicality, if that's a word, in this yep. in this in this attack. Um, but uh, uh, maybe in big games that'll change, or the 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 not big games, but like the important important games that'll change. Um, that is tr- that is a fair point. I think you do certainly wonder where the where the clinicality will come from the finishing touch for this team because they will need it against Iran. I think that's maybe their biggest concern right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Pulisic definitely has that ability, but just, I think the role he plays in maybe, I mean, he's not really the center forward in the team. And I think you want to get him more involved in kind of the build-up play. So I was a bit marginalized like that. I mean, he had the big chance today against uh, England, if that would have come in, um, but you know, I mean, they don't really have like a top center board. I mean, what else? You have Pereira on the bench. They started with uh, Wright today, which are, let's say, top class forward. So, yeah. We'll I see. wonder if, you, I mean, what would you guys think if they were to move Pulisic to false nine, bring Aronson in on the wing, and see if that worked? I if mean, even bring Arena in on the wing to replace his build up play, they think that he is officially good to go. I mean, I think I, I don't even necessarily think that the nine position is particularly a, a worry per se. I just think that, and I think that if the U.S. did do that, it could work very well. My 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 main thing with this attack is that the crossing is so bad. I think in the first game they were what was it eight percent accuracy for crosses, which it was it was like i think two for like uh, i can't even remember but it was really really bad and so i think that they need to keep the ball on the ground because like if or at least when they're in the attacking third they need to try and pass right because this is a skillful team but they don't have that that big guy who will just win a header in the box or a player who can really deliver on set pieces or anything like that. Uh, other than, I mean, Reyna can do that, but he's barely played. So uh, I, I do think that if they used Reyna, that could, that could end up working. But um, yeah, there, there are a few ways for the U.S. to approach the whole number nine situation. Uh, but yeah. Certainly. And at this point in time, I mean, what do you guys think will be the outcome of this group? How do you think it will finish? I think it'll be England first, U.S. second, Iran third, Wales fourth. Um, I think that the U.S. will beat Iran, like, very narrowly. Um, maybe one nothing. Right, but one nothing is certainly good enough to get through. Um, but yeah, uh, what about you, Bjorn? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think it will be a close game. I still think that the U.S. will pull through, maybe two one or one zero. Um, yeah, I think England they should take care of business against uh, Wales. Um, I mean, on the other hand, England is not. I mean, yeah, England is through actually. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they are 
they are through. I don't see Wales picking up a draw against them unless England just show up and don't really care and Wales play out of their minds, which is certainly conceivable. I mean, yeah. Scotland drew England at the Euro, so it's not impossible. Absolutely. And what are what are your thoughts or what are your predictions on this uh, group dash? I have to say I agree with you guys. I think USA-Iran is really tight. I feel like both of these teams ultimately could deserve a trip to the knockout stages. We'll, we'll see how Iran does right now because we've seen two vastly different performances from them. The USA, we've seen more continuum in their performances. Um, I thought that their performance against England was really, really impressive, especially given England's performance against Iran. And just on the strength of that performance, I'm going to put my faith on in them and say they're going to advance, but it won't shock me if they can't find a way through Iran. Like This is one that really could be a toss-up, but I do think that ultimately the U.S. will advance, and I think that it will be England, USA, Iran, and Wales in that order. Yeah. And so... And that will be... Argentina. Yeah, uh, Group C. So, Argentina. Definitely probably the biggest upset of the tournament so far. Um, I mean, maybe some people argue Japan, Germany, but I think that's cert- certainly the bigger one. Uh, so, what's your guys' take? Do you think this is kind of a fluke, just one off, or do you actually think this will affect Argentina and maybe not see them out of the group? I think it will affect Argentina. I mean, having watched this game, I think, first of all, we need to give kudos to Hervé Renard for a tactical masterclass for Saudi Arabia. I mean, this guy is an underrated tournament manager. He's won the African Cup of Nations twice, once with Zambia and once with the Ivory Coast. He's also had a good World Cup with um, with Morocco in 2018. And boy, he his team, the way they set up, when you watch that game back, I think the first thing that you notice is that, I mean, of course, the three offsides goals, people will be like, come on now, that's absurd. But it was a symptom of a really smart plan. Renard had his side set up with a very high defensive line. They denied Argentina space so that Argentina had little room to really break them down. They couldn't get in behind because they were often off sides. They did try to do so. And it forced Argentina to try. Like The only way to break down such a system is if you dominate possession and move the ball smartly to create space and create those sorts of avenues where you can get your players free attacks and runs in behind. And Argentina did not they did not handle their possession well enough to really do that. And they did not start creating dangerous chances out wide, which weren't offsides until late in the game. And by that point, it was already a bit too late and Saudi Arabia were able to just defend heroically and wither and weather through the storm. And so I thought that that was a great plan to just deny Argentina space and attack to really create. They did in midfield Saudi Arabia worked their backs off, closing down space. Argentina were constantly under pressure, under duress on the ball. And in the end, admittedly, I mean, Saudi Arabia defended heroically, but they limited Argentina's offense really successfully with their game plan. And they got two two goals, which, I mean, I think the Aldasari goal was a superb shot. And when you watch the Al-Shari goal, it wasn't the most fancy goal. But the way he got that under Romero's legs and just past Martinez, the quality it takes to hit that shot is very, it's very rare that you'll get a shot like that to actually work. So Saudi Arabia played their backs off. They had a great tactical game plan, which gave them a chance. And they seized that chance. So amazing performance for them. And for Argentina, yeah, I think this will affect them. I think they got better as the, they got better at the very end of the match. I personally thought they finally started to figure out how to deal with Saudi Arabia, but I don't think they expected this. And the pressure on them will now be immense. And while well, I still think they'll make it through the group stage, I doubt they'll be quite the force we expected them to be because they will now be dealing with shell shock. And certainly, I think that even Scaloni, the manager, showed panic with his substitutions because when he made the subs. The issue was not the players on the pitch. The issue was that his side were unable to tactically cope 
And he brought off Paredes, the midfielder, who, if, as I said, they were going to need to dominate in possession to really break down Saudi Arabia. And so why you would bring off one of your best midfielders then, I don't understand. Even Gomez, the winger, was a veteran. So I just think Scaloni lost his nerve a little bit with some of those subs. And I question whether he'll be able to rally that team. But I do think they'll make it through. But what are you guys' takes on that game? Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, I, I or like you said, the the manager of Saudi Arabia, Herve uh, Renard, I think his name is. I, I've I've not really done extensive research into him as a manager, but from what I've seen, absolutely fantastic. And I think that to some extent, um, this could also work in the opposite way for Argentina, where you know. Um, it's it's a slap in the face for them to really wake them up and say, listen, don't get arrogant, right? Because the second you get arrogant in a tournament like this, you have results like that. And I think that, I mean, I was high on Argentina going on uh, going into this tournament. I had the morning at all. Um, and, and so, I mean, have I changed my prediction for that? No, because... I think that they they play Mexico next, right? And so if they win that, which, I mean, Mexico have not been particularly inspiring, plus the fact that it's a bit of a rivalry match. Uh, the Argentinians and the Mexicans don't really get along too well, and you can, you'll be able to see on social media during the match day just how little they get along. Um, but... Yeah, I think that that will once once Argentina get past that, it shouldn't be too bad. On the flip side, for Saudi Arabia, um, or on the for for Saudi Arabia, this is absolutely a fantastic result because going into this, everyone thought, well, they'll finish third or not third, fourth, and they'll uh, they'll concede five every game and not score, right? But they have been very, very impressive. Uh, and I think that if they can pull off two more matches like this, or they don't even have to pull off two more matches like this, just another draw or something like that, they, they can come second in the group, realistically. Um, do, do I think that's going to happen? We'll have to see. I think they could get a result out of Mexico. I don't know about if they could get a result out of Poland, but if they do, that is huge. I think, um, yeah, it's a wake-up call for Mexico and Poland, uh, basically saying, listen, don't get complacent because these guys, they'll overtake you if you do. Um, and I absolutely love this Saudi Arabian team. I, I really hope they make it to the knockouts. That would be so fun. I think it's totally conceivable that they do. I mean, another thing that stood out was like as much as their game plan was good, I didn't expect them to be strong. But the thing that they showed, which set them apart from a lot of the under, under underdogs, was that when they were when they were on the ball, they could retain possession. And you see teams in this tournament who can't retain possession, but Saudi Arabia could, and they did it against a really good Argentina squad. Where even if they had less possession, when they got the ball, they were able to keep it and they were able to fashion chances for themselves. And I think that that bodes really well for them against other teams because what we've seen now is that A, they can execute a game plan really well, and B, they have the skill to keep themselves going. 
And this and this is the other thing. They lost their captain and one of their best players, Salman Al-Faraj, early in the first half. If he's healthy again, they can be even better because he's crucial to that midfield. And I think that at this point, they'll be fired up. We also saw they have a massive, massive crowd of support. So they every game will feel like a home game for them. And I would I would put money now that they could potentially... I mean, and I'm not a gambling person, so do not go and put money based on what I say. Just disclaimer. But I believe that they can make it to the round of 16. Even 538, the statistical site, now gives them greater than a 50% chance of qualifying for the knockout stages. All they need now is really two draws, and neither Poland nor Mexico has been that great. So I do think it's conceivable that they make it. But also to your point about Argentina, I get what you're saying that you think this could be a kick up the backside for them. But I don't think that the issue is that they came in arrogant as much as when they faced resistance, they started to panic. Like in the first half when they were only up one nothing, you could see them struggling to deal with Saudi Arabia's press and rather than calm themselves down and be like, look, we're up. Let's just take control and wear these guys out. They just continued to play frenetically and they did not play with intelligence or at least with a great deal of intelligence till later on in the game. And I wonder, I just wonder the way they panicked I do still think they'll make it out of the group stage, but I think now there's everyone sees that there's a recipe to beat them. And they themselves probably have lost in their that confidence. I mean, what would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, like uh, you're right that there 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 was just definitely a level of what when they're panicking, you know, it, you make dumb decisions, right? It's natural. Um, and so I think that this could be used as a learning moment for the team because there are a few young players who, who, uh, who need learning moments. It's, it's not a young squad in particular, but I, I do think that regardless of your age, I, I should clarify, not just young players, regardless of your age, that's a wonderful lesson to learn. Um, and yeah, I mean... Uh, maybe I'm thinking optimistically just because I don't want my prediction to be wrong. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think that they could be, or that they'll approach games in the future differently because of this, you know? And that, you know, I think it was more them being out coached than necessary. I, I do think they were partially outplayed, but, the the coaching of Saudi Arabia was so fantastic that I think that you know that 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 probably had a lot to do with it and so I think that Argentina will still go through and I think that they'll still top the group but I don't uh, it 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 hurts the way I see them as a team but I do think that it won't change much in the long term if that makes sense interesting well of course before they can top the group and go through they'll have to play poland and mexico two teams who played each other and what were you guys' takes on that game um pretty even i think there were moments where you thought kind of that poland had the advantage of about a score then you thought that on the other hand mexico did but none of them really had any clear-cut chance and in a way, I mean, they're very different cultures, but in a way, I think they play very similarly. They're very physical, very rough. They go into challenges, try to get kind of that scrappy goal. Um, and then I think Poland had the brilliant opportunity, obviously, with the penalty, and they missed um, some of those kind of situations. You know, everyone can miss a penalty. It happens. Um, but, yeah, it shows that both teams really aren't, I would say, 
I think we expected more out of that game. You know, we get two, two or three, one, whoever wins. But that none of them really came away with it. It was also like I think both had mentioned before that Saudi Arabia could certainly get something out of this, uh, these two teams. Um, I think there are different opponents than uh, Argentina. Uh, they won't basically dominate the game like Argentina did. Uh, so it's a different way how Saudi Arabia will kind of approach it. But as I see it, you know, the game was pretty poor. So this group is wide open. And obviously Argentina, they need to pick up the points. Uh, so very open. I think any team honestly has a chance to make it. Absolutely. And I think that um, while uh, Memo Ochoa is a fantastic player during the World Cup for oh. Mexico, I think that a, a keeper can only do so much. Uh, and I think that, you know, when they when they play against attacks that are like, you know, more dynamic, it it can become a struggle. You know, we've seen in CONCACAF qualifying, they've really defensively been sort of on and off, uh, especially compared to previous years. Um, and also, I think that um, I was surprised with them playing Jorge Sanchez on his form. I think that that's someone who, you know, I... I hate criticizing the players of my own club, but or not criticizing, but I hate using them as an example of someone who should be targeted. But unfortunately, uh, he's he's not on the best form. And if I'm a, a player of the other team or a coach of the other team, I'm targeting him. Uh, no, no offense, of course. Uh, it's more that the rest of the Mexican defense is like, they're, they're 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 all they're all good ish like they're not bad um but i think that jorge, jorge sanchez is struggling with some confidence issues at the moment yeah. and if if they can get past him they can get past that entire defense um and yeah i mean uh memo ochoa he can save a penalty and he's a fantastic keeper but when he's facing 10, 12 shots in a match, that's where, you know, he's going to let in one or two naturally. He's human, you know. Uh, there's only so much a keeper can do, and I feel the same way about Courtois, uh, Courtois of Belgium, but I'll, I'll talk about Courtois a bit later. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's been good. I, I, I think Mexico will struggle and i think that they'll probably end up finishing bottom in this group i don't i don't see them picking up any more points from any of the games unless they can i guess draw against saudi arabia but two points is nowhere near enough to get through so <laughs> so yeah it's it's um for mexico it's not looking too good for poland I could see them getting a result against Saudi Arabia, but it is kind of like, yeah, it's it's tough. I think that that game in general was just not good from either side. Uh, I think that both sides, 
they didn't even necessarily need to play well defensively. They just, they, neither side was really creating much from what I understood. I missed a lot of the game, but I mean, it was from what I did watch, basically nothing whatsoever. It was so, yeah. I, I don't like using the word boring, but it was a boring match. Um, yeah. And what are your opinions of Lewandowski missing that penalty on the biggest stage? I mean, I thought that was really disappointing because in my mind, <laughs> I think he's the best player at this World Cup currently. And I really thought that this is a great chance for him to enhance his legacy, which has been so great at club with finally a great World Cup appearance. But obviously, he gets his chance on the biggest stage and does not take it. What do you guys make of that? I mean, personally, I wouldn't say he's the best player at the world uh, at this stage in the way I think. His move to Barcelona kind of destroyed that. Uh, but, I mean, you, it's hard to judge a player based on a penalty miss. All the greats have missed one. You've seen Ronaldo, you've seen Messi miss one, you've seen Kane actually miss recently. Alfonso Davies, also one we can talk about missing one. You know, these are big players on the world stage. And yes, we might ask, like, you know, they've been kind of underrated their whole lives, their whole careers, and now this is their time to shine. And when they're really in the spotlight, they mess it up. So then maybe kind of questions how clutch they actually are but you know it's a missed penalty those things happen but overall I think it was also a pretty poor shot um I don't think it will destroy his legacy but it will certainly affect I mean he could have been the hero for Poland especially in a world cup which he's never really done before uh and I think now have other games to make up for it but certainly I mean if, if you want to show yourself to the world it's not good making a penalty certainly not I agree with you. I don't think it will destroy his legacy, but I do think it will. I do think it will be an unfortunate memory from a great career and may may prove to be the thing that prevents him from the knockout stage run, which could really help his legacy for as an all-time great, not just a generational great. Absolutely. And I think that I, I, I do think that on the flip side, you know, he is playing against World Cup Guillermo Ochoa. So that is that is that is yeah. in fairness a tough opponent but like still I don't think it was a particularly great penalty um, it was it was uh, 8 times out of 10 7 times out of 10 that goes in right but it's like yeah I mean um, he he didn't have really a good match in general and i know he's gonna look against saudi arabia he's gonna look and see a bunch of players who play in the saudi league playing against him and he's gonna be licking his chops but i mean these are some talented players that he's gonna be playing against so um i, I don't worry about chance I, what sorry i would say they also got in Messi's head those defenders of saudi arabia so that's true that's true. That's true. No, no offense to those guys because I think that they're fantastic as well. Um, but I mean, more from Lewandowski's perspective, you see players that are playing at a lower level, and you say, "Ooh, this could be my chance to create uh, or to to score." But that that could work both ways. That could work in a way where it's like, okay, now he has more confidence to try and do stuff, right? But on the other hand, it could be like how it went with uh, Argentina, where it's like, oh, uh, I'm so good that I don't even have to try against these guys. 
Yeah. And I think that the penalty miss might lean him towards uh, the the former. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be a wake-up call just like the Argentina loss. But I, I, I do think that it will end up affecting his legacy because of the fact that, you know, in World Cups uh, and in international tournaments in general, he's just not been particularly impressive. And for club, he's been fantastic. This is not meant to diminish his, his career at all. He's world-class, right, as a player. But for some reason, it just doesn't click for Poland. And, and I hope it does for him because I really want to see him succeed um, for Poland in particular because I love their fans. I love everything about that Poland team. Um, but other than, you know, their actual quality, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I think that, that, that's going to be something that, you know, when he retires, like you said, uh, when he retires, he'll look back on it and say, if he doesn't make it through to the knockout stages, oof, you know, I could have done it there. That, that that was the pivotal moment, and I messed it up, you know? So, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's, that's the fear. But um, hopefully for him, uh, the, this wasn't his last chance to make a big impact uh, for this Poland team in the World Cup. And at this point, how do you guys think that this group will play out? Um, I still think Argentina will win its next two games. So I'm going to go first, Argentina. And I would say second, Saudi Arabia. I think they'll get a point. Um, and then Poland, Mexico, whoever wins that game. I would say Poland. Sorry, wait. Tough to say. Maybe I think Saudi Arabia might lose a game against Poland or Mexico. But with their one point, they'll be good enough. Maybe on goal difference probably to go through. And then... I think, yeah, Mexico will last with probably zero, I don't know, or one point. It's hard to say. I think this group is so wide open with every team. You kind of have your favorite as Argentina trying to get to the top of the group, but they're last right now with zero points. So, But overall, I would say Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Poland, Mexico. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it will be... Argentina coming in first still. Then I think it will be Saudi Arabia, Poland, Mexico. I think, like I said, I think that Saudi Arabia had the quality in their players and in their game planning to go far. Well, not, I mean, not, I don't think they could make a deeper on the knockout stages, but I think they'll qualify for the knockout stages, which for them would be going far. Um, I think Argentina will still qualify, but I think they're a bit of a shell of themselves now, potentially. And I think Poland will finish third over Mexico, but I agree with you. It's very wide open. I can see this playing out any number of ways because any of these teams could yet implode and any of them could yet explode. So we'll see. Absolutely. I I have the same with Argentina in first. Um, I think I'm going to stick with Poland in second. I, I, I mean, uh, as much as I want Saudi to go through to the next round, I think that um, they just... I don't know if they have the quality to keep up for three games with the top of the top, right? Creme de la creme. I don't know if they... Because I've not seen much of this team other than just that game. 
So for me, I'm still withholding a bit of judgment. Uh, I have them in third, and then I have Mexico fourth. I think that Mexico, yeah, the defensive sort of issues will struggle or will continue. I think that um, especially from set pieces, there are going to be some issues, uh, just like there were in CONCACAF. Um, and I want Mexico, just, just like how I want Saudi Arabia and Poland to do well, I want Mexico to do well. But uh, it's it's kind of like, will they really, you know? Uh, so I think that, yeah, Mexico fourth, Saudi Arabia third, Poland second, Argentina first. So now on to Group D, where we had another game which looked early on like it might be an upset with Australia going up 1-0 over France. And guys, what was your take on that? Um, I mean, like I said, I think France have had their issues of conceding just random goals out of nowhere in a way against poor sides, and I think I've showed it also against Australia. But I think when it really means go time, they just show that they're kind of levels above their opponent, and they certainly showed that in the game. Their combinations, I think they were the best team in terms of passing ability. I think I also read uh, Uba Meccano had the most passes ever completed with a 97% pass success rate of French players ever in World Cup history. And that kind of playing out the back also with great players like Chouameni, I, I think it really shows they're really up there. Um, maybe we can say uh, it's not a serious opponent, but you know, getting balls into the box, doing the one-twos on the sidelines was really impressive. Um, so I, I see them as my favorite, honestly, to... I wouldn't say my favorite to win the World Cup, but certainly to go to the final or semi-final. Um, and I think they'll ease past this group, especially after Denmark's slightly disappointing game. And you've talked as well, about, when, I've, when I've talked to you about this France team, you've talked about like how you feel like the injuries have impacted them. And what's been your take on that? I mean, I think, yeah, the injuries kind of motivate them and just shows that if one guy's down, we have another guy ready. We saw it with uh, Giroud, we saw with Teo, Teo Hernandez. Um, all these players, they're ready when they're called upon. It just shows their depth, which is just crazy. And one is as good as the other. So I think also having that motivation with these players that are currently fit, but the players who are injured, just shows, you know, they can really go far. So I think it's kind of helping out in a way right now. Yeah, I th- I, I for for France... I don't know how I feel about this team, honestly. I think that, you know, they, they conceded that early goal. They looked very shaky in the beginning. And then they score four, right? Uh, but I'm not going to read too much into that just because of the fact that, you know, Australia were one of the weaker sides going into this World Cup, right? So I think that... While it is a fantastic performance, and you know there's there's still going to be favorites for the group. I mean, with both Denmark and Tunisia, I I would still say that France need to watch out, right? Uh, even though that that match was a stalemate and it was pretty lacking in creativity from either side, you know I think that. Um, I think that my I'm still sticking with my predictions from before the uh, uh, from from last episode, and I, I I mean 
I, I, I do think that France are maybe better than I originally realized. Um, Giroud in particular, I think, was very good against Australia. Um, but yeah, I think that um, I think that the, the they're still they're still a fantastic team, and they they showed their quality honestly against a, a side that you know we're definitely motivated to beat them. Um, but yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Certainly, I think, I think that like, I said, I admittedly did not watch the entire game, but I watched a lot of it. I thought that early on, Australia did cause some problems with their with their drive and their athleticism, and they showed that they could do well off of certain types of plays. But I agree that France were the better side, and after early on, it just never looked like Australia really had a chance to win once France took the lead. I think Australia were an example of a team who, unlike Saudi Arabia, for all their Australia for all their pluck and all their energy and their clear ability to pose danger, they just couldn't keep the ball, and that was their undoing. They didn't have the technical skill to repeatedly trouble France um, or really pose any consistent threat. But I think that from what I've heard and from what I saw, France certainly looked very comfortable. And I think that like even in 2018, Australia posed France problems. So this is certainly a good start for France, I think. I think that now also with Denmark and Tunisia, I didn't watch that game. I was unable to. I had, I'm a university student. I had class at that time. Um, but I thought that, I, I honestly thought that like Denmark, from what I read, Denmark were, from what I read, they were arguably outplayed by Tunisia. And I think that now France are probably the favorites in that group. That's my personal opinion on that game. And guys, what are, what are your takes on that Tunisia versus Denmark game? Um, I mean, yeah, so the way how I saw it, I, for example, predicted Denmark to finish ahead. Um, but after that Tunisia game, I just don't also see it. I mean, they, I think they had a couple good chances, and I think even including a goal line clearance. But other than that, you also see the players, I don't know, it's a bit static. Uh, I think if they really gelled together as a team, you know, the event that happened, unfortunately, last year, I think really, really motivated them to go further. Uh, but yeah, I just don't see it, especially in France now. I think you also mentioned with the defense. I think they're really kind of the Australia was kind of messed up. I mean, the first eleven minutes. I think they're really going to connect it now. You know, the Bayern kind of identity in that defense, and then also with Konate and Upamecano, I think they can really produce a solid partnership that can see them through teams like Tunisia and Denmark, um, as they used to be a pair at Leipzig. So I certainly see them. I don't see Denmark really posing necessarily a threat unless they kind of change their tactics, change their ways, and play like they used to do against these top teams. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Denmark-Tunisia was not the most eventful of games. I'll, I'll say that much. I guess there were moments where either side could have scored, right? You had that late penalty shout for Denmark. Uh, definitely wasn't a penalty in my opinion. I think that it was he was too close to the um, to the ball when it was shot for it to really be for him to be able to change where his arm was, right? So I think that that wasn't a penalty, but I think that um, De Denmark. <sighs> They, 
yeah, they need to figure something out if they want to top this group. I think that they'll pretty comfortably get second even if they don't do fantastic for the rest of the group stages. But I think that, um, yeah, I mean, France, France are obviously a fantastic side. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they get upset by either of the two teams remaining. Uh, but uh, I do think that, uh, that, yeah, they're a fantastic side. But yeah, Denmark-Tunisia, going back to that, not not a great game. Um, but I guess both sides showed that they're defensively capable uh, and could stop a ton of chances, right? Uh, or at least prevent chances from happening. So I guess that's that's one positive to take away for both of those sides. But But yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think, and that's certainly now it'll be interesting to see how this group plays out. And what are you guys' predictions for how this one will end up? Uh, I now actually will switch it up: France, Denmark, Tunisia, Australia. But it depends. I mean, I could see Tunisia beating Australia, getting three points there. I mean, I, I don't see them tying France. I could imagine maybe Denmark getting a point against France. And beating Australia, so I still think Denmark will edge it out. But you know, Tunisia looked good. I mean, I think out of all African teams they posed in the first game, at least before Senegal played their second, I think they were certainly were the more impressive African teams and certainly can do something. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with my prediction from before, as crazy as it may seem. I think that France will let their let their um, uh, the the French superiority complex get to their mind, right? And I think that um, a team like Denmark or Tunisia could capitalize off of that. As much as I do think that France will be the better team for both of those games, I still think I still have Denmark and Tunisia going through. Um, and then with France in third and Australia in fourth. But um, day by day, I'm sort of loosening up on that prediction, and um, maybe I might change it after the next episode, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah. Interesting. So I personally think that it will end up like Bjorn, France first, Denmark second, Tunisia third, Australia fourth. I feel like Tunisia could end up feeling hard done by because it seems like they're a quality side. I do think they'll be Australia. But I feel like just right now, I think that France are more likely to struggle against Denmark than against Tunisia. I could see Denmark picking up a point against the French. I don't see Tunisia doing it at the moment. But that said, Tunisia could easily come in second and it would not stun me. So I think Denmark could be primed for an early disappointment. I think France are better than I've expected. But it'll be an interesting group to see how it plays out. So now on to Group E, which had arguably the second biggest shock of the group stage, even if it was from a team who I personally thought had upset potential in Japan. And when Japan beat Germany, Bjorn, what was your take on that game? Um, I mean, I certainly wasn't expecting a defeat. Uh, I think I before I said I could imagine a tie. And the way how the game kind of developed, it exactly molded into that 
Um, but then the two one, I'm like Bill Kyle Gundogan said in an interview, I think it's one of the easiest goals you can consider in a World Cup. I mean, literally the goal just booted up field and Asano run through. Um and Schulterbeck is too slow. Uh so I don't think that would just, you know, it's not gonna happen like that where Japan every time they do that will work. Uh it's a bit of a lucky win, but I also have to give credit to them because Germany really didn't know how to handle after being one zero up. I mean they completely dominated the first half, but Afterwards, they they played like ads, whatever. Um, some people think they care more about the polit- political side than the actual playing, which, of course, is a bit of a far stretch. But, you know, I think there's also lack of motivation within the team or lack of spark. Uh, I think Leroy Sané was really missing. Uh, and then also coaches' decisions of the substitutes really did not help anything. Um, but I think the biggest problem is just simply the defense. I think you will see a big a defense overhaul. I could even imagine maybe, of course, Rudiger being the only one who would stay in, but the other three I would just swap out. Um, I think Rome has defensive ability, but Schulterbeck's too, I mean, complete disaster there. And, you know, you're getting outrun by a player who has played like five matches in literally the worst Bundesliga side. And you're supposed to be a top-driven defender for Dortmund. So I think... That kind of puts into perspective. Maybe players are really not as good as they think they are. And yeah, but I think against Spain, it, it will be tough, but I can see them winning. But even then, it's tough for Germany to go through away because I think Japan now are super motivated. Speaking about Japan, I mean, like we said, they really disciplined group of players and we know they don't have the height, but they use every other advantage they have in terms of smartness and you see, they also have a great group of players. I think it also helps. Many of them play in Germany. Many of them are adapted to the European soccer play style. Um, and I think even against Spain, I could see them honestly getting something at this rate. I will say, I agree with you. I think they could cause a shock in Spain. Um, I think I agree with you that Germany, after the first half, just did not seem to know how to control the game. Um, and well, I, I don't agree with those who would say that it was a disaster from them on the level of Argentina versus Saudi Arabia. I do think it's a disappointment, but I think that second half of Japan are just amazing. I mean, their energy and the grit and determination with which they played was really spectacular. I thought that you could see them just going so hard for every ball. They had, they had the ability to cause attacking threat. They had really nice passages of play when they were on the ball where they were really creative and could cause problems. Well, I agree with you that Germany's defense is not the greatest. I think they could cause problems like that to almost any side in the world if they if they play that fluent offensively with as much energy and heart as they did. Like every challenge, they looked fully committed. I thought that was a great performance by Japan, but I will say that I agree with you that I think Germany's now in danger. And Holden, what was your take on this game? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was watching uh, that morning, and I was thinking to myself when uh, when Ritsu Doan came on. I was the, I I had made a joke with my dad because Ritsu Doan had played at Base uh, Fay for a while, uh, and I had said, "Oh, oh, let's see what he'll do," right? Just yeah. in a joking way, and of course, of course, he comes in and absolutely dominates. But, yeah. um, but I mean, yeah, it was it was a, a very well well done game by Japan. I felt um, tactically. They had set up in in the second half really well. Um, they they stuck to the same philosophy throughout the whole game of pressing, and in a very in a very German style almost. 
Uh, although I do feel like uh, they value possession quite a bit less uh, because they, they, they were booting the ball up the field a bit, but um, they, they would end up winning it back. So it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, was it, uh, did, did Japan play particularly attractive? No, but I mean, you can't really expect that from a team that's not favored to win in a match, right? Obviously they're going to be more pragmatic. So I think that Japan did what they had to do for the game. And I think that it surprised a lot of people. It surprised me in particular. I was, uh, I, I, I had a lot of nice things to say about this Germany side, but you know, you lose 2-1 to Japan. Japan are a fantastic side, don't get me wrong, but they're your competitors for this group, right? Them and Spain. And there are only two of those three are going to go through. So if you lose to your competitor, that's kind of <laughs> not a good sign. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that Germany are now seriously in trouble. They have to really hope that Japan. Yeah, they have to win against Spain. And I think they also have to hope that Japan drop points against Costa Rica because otherwise uh, they might not, they, they might not get out of this group. I think originally I had predicted them in first for the group, but I mean, at this point they might be lucky to even get a second. So I mean, that's that's the nature of uh, sports, though. You know, there are going to be upsets. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this Japan side, uh, I've been very complimentary of them, I feel. Uh, I, I've, I think that they, they are a fantastic side. Do I think that they'll go far in the tournament? No, not necessarily. But I think they could be a decent knockout round team. Um I like I like them as a team, right? Disciplined, um, hardworking. It's good values for a team to have, and I think that um, you know, obviously they're going to beat Costa Rica. No offense to Costa Rica, and I think that <coughs> they could put in a result against Spain. We'll have to see uh, if Spain play the way they did against Costa Rica. There's no shot, but I mean, again. No offense to Costa Ricans, but it was Costa Rica. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, speaking of that Spain versus Costa Rica game, that one was certainly a blowout. What were your takes on that game? Yeah, I mean, a thousand passes in a match. Uh, that just shows the dominance of, of the Spain side. Uh, in, in attack... I think a lot of people going into the tournament were saying, who's going to be the goal scorer for the Spain side? Because they create so many chances, but but they never finish. And uh, I think uh, putting in seven goals shut those people up very quickly. But um, yeah, I think that Costa Rica defensively were so much weaker than they normally are. It seemed like after that first goal... They were. They just gave up. You know, it was like, it was like they just wanted to. Um, it, it's like when a tennis player is 
is losing by so much, or not losing by so much, but having a poor performance, so he starts tanking. That's what it felt like from Costa Rica, uh, that they're just trying to save their pride, right? But uh, by by saying, oh, well, um, maybe we weren't even trying in these games, right? But um, I, I think that it it was just... Honestly, one of the worst performances from Costa Rica I've ever seen. And I've watched a few Costa Rica games. Um, and they've had they had a fantastic generation of players uh, with Brian Ruiz, Joel Campbell, Kaylor Navas, all these guys, Kendall Waston. But they're all 38 now, right? They're all about to retire. And they have to usher in this new generation who won't be as good as the last generation, but they could still do something with them. And I think that this could be good experience for Costa Rica to get ready for the next World Cup, right? Because you lose 7 nothing, you're not getting through the group stages. I'm sorry to say. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame for Costa Rica because they're a likable side. Uh, <coughs> oh, my. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, and Spain on the other hand, I mean, I, I didn't take them too seriously before this tournament. I, I did think that they were going to be a decent team, uh, but I mean, gee, after that performance, it's, it's tough to, tough to say anything other than them being favorites now. Uh, so yeah. Interesting. So at this point in time, I mean, what would you, what would you guys say are your predictions for how this group will end up? Um, as it stands right now, I would say Spain, Japan, Germany, Costa Rica. My actual prediction will be it's going to be six, 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 and then zero. You know, goal difference, probably by one or two goals. Actually, to Germany go out because I think in our World Cup it's not head to head like Champions League, but they go by goal difference as uh, the first indicator. So, yeah. As they say in Germany, for them, so, but yeah. I will say, I do think it will be Spain, Japan, Germany, Costa Rica now. I could totally see Germany getting a result against Spain, but I don't predict that they will win it at the moment. I think it'll be more likely to be a draw. And I think Costa Rica are just a class below everyone else in this group. So we'll see how it turns out. I think this one is unfortunate because I don't think that Germany are a side who deserve to go out in the group stage. Um, but I, I think they just, I mean, this group is ultimately, if Costa Rica were not as clearly weaker than the other teams, I would say this is a classic group of death because I think that just those top three are all really quality sides. Absolutely. I have the exact same as you guys. Um, uh, and I think that, it's unfortunate, but Costa Rica might end up conceding the most of any team in World Cup history. I, I think I think they will probably end up conceding the most of any team in World Cup history in this tournament. Um, as much as it's not an honor that you would want on your team, I think it's realistic at this point. If you're conceding seven to a team that's not known for its clinicality, uh, you got you got a few issues and. Uh, uh, in attack, it's just not, not inspiring. Um, so yeah, and then Japan, I think they'll probably 
get a result against... Well, no, I think they'll beat Costa Rica. I think Spain will end up just winning all their matches in the group or drawing against Germany, but winning against uh, Japan. And, yeah, I think that uh, Spain should top this group at this point. Well, we'll have to see how it plays out, I will say. But we haven't talked as much about Costa Rica. I do think that it is – they have gotten just a tough luck of the draw. Like, I don't think that they're a terrible side by any stretch. I mean, they deserve to be here at the World Cup, and they earned their place here. But they've they've run into three outstanding teams, to your point, on their concession levels. But who knows? I think we'll we'll see what happens. There have already been some shocks. There could yet be more. Oh, absolutely. All right, Group F. Uh, so first game was Croatia Morocco. Another zero zero, which has been a recurring theme in this World Cup, and said by many. I mean, I didn't watch it, but pretty boring, pretty stale. Uh, but still some good bursts of energy and good atmosphere. What are you guys saying about it? What are your cha- What do you think are the chances for both teams in the I next? Think, I think that it was disappointing for Croatia. Um, they did not show a ton of like I think they were slightly more dangerous than Morocco, but they never really looked like they fully grew into the game. Um, post game, I think I read that Modric said they they knew it was a difficult game, but that they felt that it got easier as it went along. But they didn't really like at the end. Even at the end, they never really looked like they were really pushing super hard, but that they were super super consistently dangerous. They lacked that cutting edge and attack that would often stall out in the final third. It felt like. And that's a concerning sign because I think they need to be able to break down teams. And if they can't break down Morocco, I think they'll struggle to break down the elite sides. Um, They have a good midfield. I think that quality speaks for itself. Their players had good games in there. I thought that Modric had some really nice moments. He also had some sloppy moments, which you don't normally see from him, I felt like. But he showed that he is the guy who makes their team tick. I thought that Kovacic had a good game before he got subbed off. Um, I, I think that there's potential there. Like Their defense did not look particularly troubled by Morocco except for a few moments early on where they left too much space, but like Morocco did not, Morocco did not do, look great. And even Croatia, I think might switch their lineup up a bit. They were not necessarily expected to start Dayan Lovren. I think a lot of people thought they'd be starting Sutalo instead of him. Um, and I think there will be changes. I think they'll come back better in this group, but it's a little bit disappointing for them. And that's, that's a bit disappointing. I think Morocco were good. They gave it their all. They were defensively compact. They gave up a couple dangerous chances, but did a pretty good job neutralizing Croatia. But their offense was not great, and they had moments where they had open shots and just did not take anything with them. And in the end, the fact that they looked less dangerous than Croatia, I think, was a bit disappointing given some of the positions they were able to find themselves in. I thought they were not the better side, but they were a competitive side. Yeah, uh, I woke up at 5 a.m. to watch that game, and I have to say um, that was not my best decision. But, um, I mean, listen, it was... Two teams that are equally matched, and uh, I, I, I felt like yeah maybe Croatia were were the better side, but I I think Morocco definitely have some talent and some quality, and I think that they could they still have a chance just as anyone else to get through. I still have them finishing fourth, but it's or third depending on a specific result. Um, but yeah, one thing I realized with Morocco is in terms of uh, keeping possession in their defensive third, they're not a 
a very good team in build-up. In terms of, like, pure defending, they're a fantastic team. But when I when I watch them build up, so many unnecessary dribbles. I, I notice they're going for nutmegs on attackers. And, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if they play against a pressing team, right? Like, for example, Canada love to press. If they're playing against a team that love to press, they are going to lose that ball and within a second concede a goal, right? So I think that that's one thing that they really need to shore up in this in this next game against Belgium, and they need to basically be on their A game if they want if they want to go through. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of this game, they gave up a few chances, um, but. You know, the fact that Croatia don't have a, a real number nine, in my opinion. I, I like Kramaric, don't get me wrong, but he's not World Cup level. Um, uh, and, yeah, I mean, um, Croatia didn't finish their chances. And Croatia left some chances for, for Morocco to score uh, a few, especially on set pieces with... Fouls outside of the box. I realized there were a few of those. And Ziyech, maybe due to his lack of real match fitness, uh, since he doesn't really play much at Chelsea, he should consider moving back to Ajax. Um, but uh, uh, because of his la uh, lack of match fitness, um, he, um, yeah, he, he would normally score those, but I think that um, because of... Yeah, like I like I keep saying, when you don't play for a long time, uh, you lose some of the skills. But he'll 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 be back uh, once he starts playing again and finds his rhythm. At hopefully, a new team. Um, but yeah, uh, that's not going to be during this World Cup. So yeah, I think that they're going to sort of continue to struggle, which sucks because. They're, they're a team that's fun to watch, you know, as, mu as much as it is risky and not tactically intelligent to dribble out of the back. You know, it's always fun to see players take risk, you know, it's something within us. I don't know why, or at least something within me where I'm like, ooh, someone doing something dumb and it works out. That that's fun. But, um, but yeah, uh, so <laughs> So yeah, I like this. I like this um, Morocco side quite a bit, uh, but not in terms of like an actual winning capacity. More in terms of like a watchable capacity, you know. And then Croatia, yeah, like I said, quality team, maybe a bit less watchable just because of the lack of finishing chances. Yep. Also, do you think for the record? I do think that Kramaric is a World Cup level number nine. I just think he doesn't fit into Croatia's squad because his style is not meshed with what they have. But I think that his club output, if he can play like that in the rest of the World Cup, he's a weapon. It's yeah, that's fair. Like he, he goes on spurts where he scores like 10 goals in 10 games and then like doesn't score for like another half a year. That's his problem, consistency. I mean, yeah, that's it. fair. And I mean, it's hard to build 
consistency or it's hard to build any form when you know you only have three games in a world cup group stage to really build that unless they can get through which i i think they will pretty comfortably but but yeah i mean that's that's um yeah i, I think that he's not a player that's built for a tournament like the world cup i feel like he's a good player i i i probably should have phrased this better earlier i feel like he's a good player but not built for the style of tournament that the world cup is because like you had said he'll go 10 goals in 10 games um and then go half a year without scoring so i think that um you know you only have if you only have three games um there's a pretty decent chance that you can't build up that form you know and yeah also like dash you had said probably doesn't really fit too well with the croatian system so it's it's tough tough for him tough for croatia but there are tough teams last you know and i think that they're they're a tough team they they have that 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 mentality that's like no matter what life throws at us you know we can we can throw that back at life you know and uh, if that makes any sense whatsoever which i don't think it does but uh <laughs> but yeah and it's probably because of the way they grew up you know but i think that yeah it's it's an inspiring team uh, and and a team that inspires themselves well which is why I have them going through. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that leads to the Belgium-Canada game, which was actually pretty dominant showing by Canada, but it just seems that that kind of familiar face of Belgium in the World Cup and the players know what they do, the veteran leadership just kind of got them over the board for the one zero win. How do you guys feel about Belgium? I I was I honestly was disappointed by them. Um I think that Canada were the better side by far. Belgium were built out by Courtois and the fact that they at halftime eventually added in another body in midfield, but like I thought that it was a tactical disaster class. Um I'm not sure why when you have Kevin De Bruyne who's one of the best playmakers in the world, you're playing him on the wing where he's barely on the ball and was never really able to get a foothold in the game. De Bruyne was disappointing, but I think that was largely down to how he was utilized. A lot of his passes were also off, like he never looked at ease. Um, I'm not sure why Leandro Trossard, who's been in great form, didn't start for them. I think he's a great player and deserves to be getting minutes ahead of Aiden Hazard, no matter how big of a name Hazard may be. Um, And also just like their tactics, they had two guys in midfield, so they were constantly overrun by Canada. They were repeatedly losing the ball. Their defense is what we talked about being the weakness of this team, but I thought they actually played quite well but they just got overloaded and could not play out of the back and were dominated in the first half. And Canada had a bunch of players who were good dribblers. They were brave. They'd run at the defenders. They would win the ball in midfield. And in the first half, they just looked like they had more energy and more chances, but unfortunately they couldn't convert. And in the end of the second half, Belgium finally added in a third midfielder that tilted the balance a bit. They were finally able to retain possession and they just held on and Canada lost steam eventually. So that's my, that's my personal opinion on that team in that game. Yeah, for me, I think that Belgium, even with the low expectations I had of them going into this group, 
they played a lot worse than that. Um, I, I, the fact that they won to me is just baffling because how, how many chances did they really have in the end? Like three, uh, it was, it was not a good performance. And I mean, Canada, you could say that they just were unlucky on the night and that on another night they could have scored maybe four or five even because you had a few borderline penalty shouts. You know, it depends on, obviously, everyone has their own view on what's a penalty and what isn't. But in my opinion, at least two of those were penalties, right? And so that might be because I'm a bit biased, but that is neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I mean... Uh, Belgium, in terms of chance creation, weren't great. De Bruyne wasn't seeing the passes that he normally sees. Um, I was very surprised when I saw he got man of the match because I felt like it should have gone to Courtois. Courtois was fantastic throughout the entire night uh, and really kept them in. Yeah, and I mean, for Canada, I've... I, I'm hesitant to say that I liked what I saw from Tejan Buchanan because he he was fantastic at creating chances, but his shooting was not good. Like it was it was really not good. And I think that from that chance creating side of things, he's definitely I mean, he's he's definitely a raw talent. I, I love the guy. Uh, I've I've seen him play ever since he was in MLS a few years ago. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but he he just lacks that finishing edge. And I think that if he gets a move to a big team, uh, they they could maybe train him in that. I, I know that he's 23 now, but you know, uh, some players develop later than others. You know and. Yeah, I, I liked what I saw from him. Alistair Johnston, or Johnson, fantastic um, for Canada in defense. Uh, Kamal Miller, or um, yeah, he was he was pretty good as well. Um, I, I mean, in terms of the actual performances, I can't say that any Canadian was like really particularly subpar I, I mean like I I felt like Jonathan David might have been considering the expectations of him a bit worse I think that he should have been given the penalty instead of Alfonso Davies I, I love Alfonso Davies don't get me wrong but you have a player who's 9 for 12 on penalties uh, in, in this season um you should probably give the penalty to him. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, Laren had really surprised me. Uh, he was he was quite decent in creating chances. Um, uh, Borjan was Borjan. He didn't really do much in the game, but he was good. Um I think that there's a lot to look forward to with this Canada team. I think that they could be one of the best teams in CONCACAF if they 
continue to develop at the rate that they're developing at. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a team that is very, very raw, you know, and, and they're f- coached in a fantastic way. Um, I, I, I really liked, um, uh, Eustachio in particular. I think he could make a big money move soon from Porto. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I love, I love the way that they play. They're they're a great team. Uh, it's it's just when will they be able to finally score their first World Cup goal, right? Uh, in the, in the history of the country, and and that's also a bit of a burden on their shoulders. You know, going into a game, you think to yourself, I could be the first Canadian to score in a World Cup, right? That's that's scary, right? With with thinking, you know. No one else has done this before, right? Or it could be a motivator. And I hope for Canada that that they take that as a motivator and end up succeeding. But I don't know if that's realistic, unfortunately. No. Fair. And predictions, what are your standings or projected standings for the group i think this is also a really wide open group um i think that belgium are probably the weakest of the four teams in terms of performance but they were, were ironically the only one to win i think croatia were disappointing by something they have enough in them that i just think they'll find a way through at this moment i think it'll be croatia first belgium second um morocco third and canada fourth i think canada's performance was great like i said like that first half they were really dominant and brave but the way they played, they really just lucked out on the fact that they were playing in midfield with no opposition to their style of play. And as a result, they could really just run the show and run at the defense. And I think that against Morocco, they will struggle to get so many chances. Morocco is a better defensive side. And ultimately, I think that while Morocco may be less clinical than Belgium, I think they'll probably edge them out through a draw in that game. So I think it'll be Morocco third, Canada fourth, even though Canada are probably going to be the most one of the best performing fourth place sides in this world cup so i think croatia first belgium second morocco third canada fourth but this is a this is a group where i could totally see canada making a run into the knockout stages and i could totally see morocco doing the same and i could totally see croatia or belgium crashing out at this point so we'll see what happens absolutely i think croatia will come first uh, I think that Belgium will come second. I have Canada in third and Morocco in fourth, just because I do think Canada will beat Morocco um, because of that um, uh, lackadaisical nature in possession that the Moroccan defense has. I think that Canada will really target that. I think they'll look at that and they'll say, mm-mm-mm. That's that's going to be where we get that first World Cup goal, right? And um, uh, you know, uh, I, I do do I see them being a team that can get out of the knock uh, into the knockout stages? Not really, because I think that Croatia they're more experienced, more calm in this position. Uh, so so I do see them going through, and then I see Belgium getting like a draw from the next two games 
and just performing horribly, but still somehow getting out on like goal difference. Um, but well, not on goal difference, on like by like one point at the most, right? I I, I don't think they're as good as many people going into the tournament thought they could have been. Um, and I think that their defense in particular is just not good anymore. I, I, I love Jan Vertonghen. I, 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 I say this with all my heart, right? I, I cherish the memories he made at Ajax. Same with Toby Alderweireld. But ugh, come on, man, they're 35. Give it up. You know, it's it's like you have to bring in this new generation because at this point you're ruining the reputation of players who were so fantastic in the past um, by, by bringing them on in, in a position like this, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have Boyat, but he's not really a step up, but uh, yeah, no, I think honestly Belgium are still going to finish first. I feel like against Croatia, Morocco, it's a different game. I think they will play more to their strength. Um, I think they'll get a tie, maybe even a win there, honestly. So I see, even though they play bad, I see Belgium first. I think Croatia will wiggle through, honestly, by goal difference uh, with Canada. Um, and then last, Morocco. The current projection. Um, yeah. Okay, so Group G, which was Brazil, Switzerland, Cameroon, Serbia. Is it penalty? Wait. Okay, I'll put this part out. Um, Brazil, Serbia. 2-0 win for Brazil. Pretty comfortable. Do you think they're one of the favorites to win? I still think they are. How do you see it? Absolutely. A team like Brazil are always going to be favorites with the level of quality that they have. But... My worry is still with with the locker room. You know, I've I, I I see in almost every international tournament, they 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 they're so fantastic up until a point where they play against like a really really solid team, yeah. and by then they already have a player or two injured, and um, the squad starts you know for whatever reason letting their egos get to their head and. Um, uh, losing, I think that um, I'm I'm pretty sure Neymar got injured against Serbia. Yeah, he had the ankle injury, and he won't play the remaining two group games. So. And that's a big, big loss for them. So I think that um, his recovery will be key to their potential bid at winning the World Cup. I, I think they'll always be favorites, but, but yeah. And yeah. I think I think that Serbia um they they were decent. They 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 showed some quality and they they uh they <laughs> they um yeah, they stopped they stopped Brazil for a pretty decent amount of time. Uh, they showed they have defensive ability. Um but you know, they were never going to be one of the favorites to win. This game was ultimately always going to be about damage limitation. 
for them. And so I think now they can put their eyes on the next game against, um, I believe they're playing against Cameroon next. And yeah. No, Oh, against Switzerland. Brazil, Switzerland, and Cameroon, Serbia. Yeah. So against, um, against Cameroon, they just, they're going to have to ultimately go for it in this game. Um, and yeah, I think they have the attacking ability to do that, but we'll have to see about, um, about if they can do it against Switzerland, who are another team who are around their level as well. Yeah. See, I think that I feel that it was a disappointment for Serbia. Um, coming in, I said that they were one of my dark horses. And while I think that Brazil are the better squad and were, of course, the favorites in that game, I was impressed by Brazil's ability to limit Serbia's attacking potency. Um, I thought that Brazil had several dangerous chances. And, of course, that spectacular Richarlison goal and I think that really after that goal went in, Serbia were basically done. That was a hammer blow to them. But even before that, they had some nice spells of possession where they, they showed that they can possess alongside Brazil. But I think that that was to be expected. And when you look at the players they have, the quality in their team, I thought they would have offered more of a threat going forward when they really did not. And mm-hmm. I think that that was a bit disappointing, honestly. So I think there are things to be disappointed about for Serbia. I do think their defense was a bit better than I expected at times, but also like, they were vulnerable against Brazil. I thought that, in short, Brazil looked really, really good and really, really dangerous and did an impressive job shutting down a good Serbia side. But I thought that the Serbia were a little bit disappointing offensively. Do you think the kind of choices made in the lineup were a bit strange, especially Novavovic? And only yeah, I was... I was really surprised with that. Um, I saw that both Vlahovic and Kostic have knocks before the game. Yeah. So I think that that was why it happened. Um, and maybe the manager thought that he he should just save them for the games, which are ultimately going to really be deciding their progress the games against Switzerland and Cameroon. But it was a little bit surprising to me. And it was interesting that like they never set on Kostic because I think that Kostic would have offered a lot more going forward than either of their wingbacks who did yeah. play in that game. But presumably we'll see him later in this tournament. I don't know. Um, if we don't, I'll be surprised because I think he's a quality player, and if he's healthy enough, he should be playing for them. As for yep. Vlahovic, we did see some of him in the game, and he did not look outstanding, but he also had very little service. So, yeah. You agree? Um, and then that brings us to Switzerland-Cameroon, where the Cameroonian-born player scored the goal for Switzerland. Do you see the Swiss now having a chance to go to the next round? Yeah, I mean, I had them going through in the beginning. I think that they have that sort of um, World Cup um, experience of getting to the knockout stages before, and they don't have that mental hurdle of thinking, well, you know, it'll be our first time in the knockout stages for a while. So I I think that's massive for them. Also because, you know, I may have underestimated Cameroon a bit going into this tournament. Um, I, I think that they're a fantastic side. I didn't think they would be able to compete as well as they did with Switzerland uh, or ultimately with Serbia and, of course, not with Brazil. But I, I, I do think that they're a decent side and that in a few years they could be 
better, but, or not in a few years, sorry, early in the morning right now. Um, I think that, yeah, they, they, they have some talent, but that it's not, it, it, they'll be the best fourth place team in the tournament, I think, other than maybe Morocco or Canada. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, I think that they've done a good job of staying defensively compact through most of the game, but ultimately, um, they did let in that one goal to Mbolo, and yeah, I mean, it's hard to stop Switzerland in general, um, but when you're when you're playing in a World Cup as well in an international tournament, Switzerland always uh, turn on their form for, for tournaments like this. Uh, so I think that, yeah, uh, Cameroon, yeah, Cameroon will definitely finish fourth. I think Switzerland were decent. They didn't show as much quality as I thought they would. Um, but I think they still have the ability to beat a team like Serbia or um, even uh, draw against a team like Serbia, but still finish above them in the group. Yeah. And um, Switzerland against uh, Serbia will definitely be an interesting game <clears throat> and fighting Certainly. atmosphere. Um, I think, yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it, how things change given that these two teams played each other last year in a game, which really decided which one of them advanced. I think it'll be the same scenario here. I mean, I think that Cameroon, I didn't have high expectations for them coming into this tournament, and I think that they really had to pick up some sort of a result against Switzerland if they wanted to progress from the group, which... I don't see that happening now. So I do think it'll all come down to the Switzerland-Serbia game. And that'll be fascinating to see because I think Serbia probably have a bit more quality on paper, but the Swiss probably have more tournament know-how and have a longer history performing up to expectations. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of the um, Swiss players have that extra incentive to beat Serbia, that being the fact that you know there are a few ethnic Albanians and ethnic Bosnians in that group that let's just say don't get along too well with Serbia and we saw that in the last time they played with the uh with the Shakiri uh eagle celebration um if they have another moment like that uh, I think it will end up kicking off quite a bit I could see there being a few red cards in this game honestly uh uh so I think that'll be That'll be definitely an entertaining match, but um, maybe not exclusively for the soccer. Also for some of the uh, some of the fighting, maybe that might occur during the game. Maybe I mean, hopefully there won't be fighting. That would be a bit of a blight on this tournament, to say the least. But yeah, it's it's a game with potential to be chaotic especially given some of the players on both sides such as granite Xhaka, for example um i can see him getting involved in some fisticuffs well i don't mean fist fighting i mean more like you know i i don't i don't hope there i don't hope there is fist fighting but i know i doubt there'll be fist fighting but definitely shoving and pushing sure i can see that happening although who knows i think also one of the things is that we've heard that this current serbia squad is apparently happier and more there's a better morale in the camp under the current manager 
drag on Stojkovic. And I think that that could be something that maybe helps calm them down when tempers flare. And if, because last time it's like the Swiss were perhaps the provocateurs, that could be something that helps them just weather the storm and keep their heads. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like I said, I don't hope that there's any fighting. I don't, uh, but, but I do think that it would, it, it is going to be an entertaining game in terms of the physical nature of how it will shape up. And, uh, it, it'll be like watching a, a Scottish league game, right? Where, yeah. you know, you know, there's going to be a lot of physicality. Um, and that might overshadow quite a bit. Tensions will flare, but, you know, you hope that it stays calm enough to where no one gets hurt, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think there would be any major on the definitely some players. Um, yeah, then predictions. How do you see the group turning out? I still am going to stick with my pre-tournament prediction of Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen or heard enough to change my mind on that. Um, I think Serbia may not be quite as good as I thought they were. Cameroon might be a little bit better than I thought they were. But we'll see. Time will tell. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, uh, it'll. I'm going to stick with my pre-tournament prediction in Brazil first, Switzerland second, Serbia third, and Cameroon fourth. I think that um, I think that it probably will end in a draw um, between. It will end in a draw between um, Serbia and Switzerland, and then I think that um, uh, Switzerland will still end up going through. Uh, I just think that they're a better side. I, I don't think they're a better side, but they're a more experienced side, definitely, than this Serbian team. Um, um, uh, so yeah, I, and then Cameroon. They uh, unfortunately at this stage they're probably not going to make it through. But they're they're a fun team to watch. They could pull off. They they could pull off something against Serbia and shock the group. Um, but I I don't see it happening realistically. As much yeah. as it would be funny. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I actually had before the game that Serbia finishing second, but after seeing the game, I think now more the Swiss are favored in that aspect of second Swiss. But I don't know. I mean, as you saw with Australia today, a team that we kind of thought were already down, I was pulled out, pulled off a shock win. So maybe Cameroon can do it against Serbia. Who knows? Maybe they do something against uh, Brazil. But yeah, I, I don't. I think also having uh, Brazil as that second match will be difficult because if they lose that they're out you know so yeah probably pretty straightforward with that um, um, yep so now on to group h um portugal ghana uruguay south korea so first was that uruguay south korea game what what were your thoughts on that because it was a very defensive match do you think that that could dropping points to south korea for uruguay could potentially create a bit of a threat 
uh, or an issue for them? Yeah, no, sir. I'm a bit worried about Uruguay. This I came into this tournament. Also, other people like I have a Uruguayan friend, and he's very excited about them. But the way I mean, they played against the South Korea team that probably people didn't really expect to play. So kind of discipline on the ball, and also stay compact. Their defense, I thought, was excellent against obviously some top quality forwards like Nunez, Cavani, or sorry Suarez, and then later Cavani. So yeah, I mean, I think this is actually a motivator for. Uh, South Korea, they maybe can go into the next game. Next, I don't know if they play South uh, Portugal or they play, uh, they play Ghana next. So I think they could maybe get something out of that, try to get to three points and maybe even have a shot of getting out of this group. Um, on the other hand, I also saw Ghana, which is pretty impressive. So I think this group is wide open and I think Uruguay certainly have to watch out. And given that their next game is against Portugal, who knows if they lose that, I mean, they're certainly in danger. And then have to probably play a very tough game against Ghana on the last match day. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch all of the game. I only watched a bit at the end. But from what I read about it, it sounded like South Korea were much better than I expected them to be coming in. Um, I know a lot of people had them listed as as like a team who could compete for round of 16 squad, spot. And with their squad, I thought that they were, I don't know, I didn't see that for them, especially given that their form had also not been great. But it sounds like they could actually be in competition to move on now. And I personally was not that high on Uruguay. I thought they had some pretty big limitations as a squad. Um, their form has not been great necessarily recently. But at the same time, they do have quality. And so I think that is a bit of a disappointing result for them. And now we'll see what happens. I think if they lose to Portugal, that's not total cause for alarm. But it's it means they will be under pressure now. I think they'll certainly be under duress given the way that the schedule stacks up. But I think that at this point, they're still more more experienced and more talented than the other teams in this group, with the exception of Portugal. And thus, I still have faith in the, their ability to advance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tactically, I think South Korea handled it very well. Uh, they know that Uruguay are a team that don't necessarily possess the ball much. They like to hit off the counterattack. So... South Korea were like, okay, you keep the ball. I don't care. right? So South Korea um, hit off the counterattack, and actually they had some decent chances in fairness to them. Um, uh, I think that, yeah, like like you guys had said, they, they don't – I don't think they have the quality necessarily to make it through this group, but I do think that they could um, finish third and – give a pretty decent run at it. Um, and then with Uruguay, yeah, that was really just disappointing from them. I thought that um, Nunez definitely could have done better, and I felt like their attack was maybe a bit dull at times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think that they could possibly struggle quite a bit but i still i still think like uh, like you guys had also said that they'll finish second um yeah and then the other match was portugal versus ghana yeah uh, that that was a that was an entertaining one um yeah. so yeah portugal won three two what did you guys think about that penalty call do you think that it was a penalty or yeah, no, I, I actually just told my dad, I kind of compared it to this one here. 
kind of a 50-50. I mean, I think the Ronaldo one wasn't a penalty. I think that was just kind of strength of kind of leg to leg. I mean, yeah, it kind of shows it, but I wouldn't have called it personally. But yeah, I, I think nowadays you see penalties. If you kind of knock the player by the leg slightly, they'll call it. It's not like, you know, that Sunday British Premier League match where they don't call anything, you know. So it's a bit of a different atmosphere. And I think they also want more penalties they want more excitement so i think that was maybe a reason and also i think that was kind of made up for in the first half when ronaldo i think didn't didn't even do a foul and literally scored and they didn't count it um i thought that was a bit of a harsh call but um, i was impressed by ghana i mean they almost even equalized him at the last minute where inaki williams tried to run behind the goalie and slipped uh but i think Looking at Portugal, it's kind of a worrying sign. I mean, they have the offensive ability if they're on it. I mean, I think bringing on Rafael Leao, Joel Felix was in great form. They have the players there, but in the defense, I mean, the goals they conceded are pretty worrying. I mean, especially if you have players like Diaz, Cancelo, uh, even Guerrero, who I thought was excellent. I mean, they should defend better than that. Uh, and I think if you do that against Ghana, it's a bit worrying if you play against Uruguayan strikers next or you play a Hoyman's on next. Uh, so they have to be careful. But I think for Ghana, I think it's a very good point. Uh, well, they didn't get a point, but a very good game that they can take motivation and maybe try to get something out of the other games as they were my dark horse candidate. But yeah, and for Portugal, I still think they'll manage. They'll win the other two games, maybe tie Uruguay, but I think their offensive power is just too much for the other teams. Yeah, I think that I agree with you as alarming for them from a defensive perspective, especially since Fernando Santos has done so much to make them a defensive side. The fact that they're still conceding is a problem. I also thought that his tactical choices were a bit surprising to me. Um, no, I thought, but no, I thought that Fernando Santos's decisions tactically have not historically been great. It's alarming that they still conceded so much. Um, but at the same time, when you look at the firepower they have, they have a lot of talent in that squad. I mean, Leao is a great player, I think, um, in great form. Fernandez is a great player. Ronaldo, I don't think he's in the greatest form, but like he can still contribute to them. Even Joao Felix, who's not the biggest, he's not the biggest star in that squad in terms of consistency and performance, but who has always had a ton of talent. He was great. Um, Bernardo Silva is another player who could really provide quality for them. I think it's a good, I think it's a good squad. And so while it's disappointing defensively. They still have the firepower to get through, and I think that they're still a team who can cause other teams a threat with their attacking. Yeah, I mean, with Portugal, they have that quality in attack, like you said. That I mean, they have Bernardo Silva, they have Ronaldo, they have Shao Felix, they have um, Rafael Leal, right? They have the uh, they have all these fantastic players. They have Shao Cancelo, who can go forward and make a make a cross or two and and he's just in terms of attacking output i really like him but yeah like you guys had said defensively it was pretty 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 weak from portugal and i felt um uh for for from a got from a ghana point of view i i was i was actually very surprised when they subbed off muhammad kudus because yeah. he was excellent yeah he 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 had done well, and you know I I I joke around about Kudus uh, quite a bit with Ajax uh, and him being offsides a lot, but 
Uh, I think that he had, he had actually been fantastic in this game. And, yeah. you know, um, I think uh, it definitely added quite a bit to, uh, to a potential uh, transfer fee in the future, hopefully. Fingers I crossed. Think, um, I will yeah. say that Ghana, Ghana's side, you look at them and they do have quality. And I think that yeah. from, their, from their point of view, the fact that they were able to get so much attacking thrust against Portugal, that's a good sign for them. And I think that shows they'll be able to score against a lot of teams in this tournament. The question now is just their defense and the fact that once they went, once they conceded to go down two to one, the fact that they followed that up so fast by going down three to one, that's alarming. But that's about where you just stem the tide. So defensively, I have questions, but offensively, I totally think that they can pose a threat to every other team in this group. Absolutely. Yeah. I was I was also quite surprised with um with the fact that they didn't use Kamaldin Sulemana. Um he's he's a fantastic player when when he does play. So so I don't even think they necessarily used their strongest eleven. I think that Ayu was yeah. was okay when he came on. I thought that Bakari yeah, he the ball for the two one Jordan Ayu ultimately was. But yeah. They also uh, didn't even start oh sorry, go on. Yeah, I mean I, I was just very surprised by them in, in, in general with their with their lineup selection. And I think that actually if they did play some of those players who I mentioned, like Sulemana, like maybe even a um an Uusu, right? I think that they could have posed a bit more of a threat. But I don't know. Uh, they also didn't start Tariq Lamptey, which is a bit um, of a surprise yeah. given their defensive struggles. And like, I would say he's the best wing back on their roster. So I'm not sure why he didn't come yeah. in to start maybe an injury or something. I know he's had injury problems. But yeah, that yeah. to me is a bit of a surprise. And even on the Portugal side, like I'm not sure why Rafael Leal was not starting for them. Um, I would certainly say that, like, why not move Bruno Fernandes, who's a great midfielder, into replace Otavio and then put Leal on the wing? Um that if maybe that's not his more comfortable wing because I haven't watched I haven't watched him play enough to know which wing he'd rather play on. Um, then maybe you could try to find some way where he and Phillips would at least be on wings where it works well enough for them. But that that was also that was surprising to me. So the lineup choices in this game. Yeah, I'll also say, Ghana they brought in Arthur Roman Baba who I watched in the championship for Reading. I mean, this guy was getting smoked against championship players and now playing in a world cup against you know top players of portugal but yeah i mean they also they have sawisu but other than that their defense i think is really their weak point and i think lamji's a bit too more offensive oriented he's kind of a player who likes to go forward um but let's see how they line up and yeah with portugal i mean even uh starting i mean players like uh otavio and players i mean they were great in the portuguese league but on the world level i'm not exactly sure yet so no, but I mean, they have options. I think just the coach, he's the right coach for this team. I mean, with the, those amount of players you have, like, you should be more dominant, I would say. But. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, what are what are your predictions for this group? Oh, man. it's This one's pretty wide open now, honestly. I think... 
it's maybe one of the toughest ones to predict now, just because all of the teams have shown that they can beat each other. I think that Uruguay and Portugal are maybe the more disappointing two, and Ghana and South Korea were both. I don't think Ghana were better than I expected because I thought they'd be decent, but they certainly posed more of a threat than I expected. Like, I would have thought that they would have played well in a lower scoring game. And then South Korea as well were definitely better than I expected. So I guess I'm going to go with my pre-tournament prediction and still say Portugal first, Uruguay second, Ghana third, South Korea fourth. Um, I don't know. I could definitely see it will finish first, but beyond that, the other three teams could end up in any order and it would not surprise me at this point. So it'll be yeah. an interesting group to watch. I agree. I think one, Portugal two, I'm still thinking about Ghana making it the only African team that I actually have making it to the next round. Uh, and then third, South Korea, because they impressed. And I think fourth, Uruguay, honestly. I think it will be a big shock for them, a big disappointment. Yeah, I have um, Portugal first, Uruguay second, Ghana third, South Korea fourth. But like Dash had said, I, I, I really do think that um, – that it's a it's a wide open group. Any team could finish in any spot, other than maybe Portugal first. Yeah, yeah. That would, it could be, honestly any formation. I would not be surprised, like of how the group ends up. Tough. Yeah. Um. So thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys. Uh. Thank 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 you to the listeners. Um. And we'll see you next time. I'm Holden Willemson with. Bjorn Schaefer and uh, Dash Tischler. And this was the second episode of the Considering the World Cup podcast. Make sure to follow us on all our socials. Um, uh, on Instagram, it's at Considering World Cup Insta. Um, and then for Twitter, it's Considering WC. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Uh, Have a nice day, night, uh, afternoon, whatever it is for you, and goodbye.